0: welcome to the instinctive influencers podcast a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success now here are your hosts
1: Brian Weber and Ed Haley hi I'm Brian and I am Ed and this is the instinctive influencers podcast yes it is <laughs> yes it is uh, we we've uh decided to kind of take a a route that we've been talking about for a while man we're gonna we're gonna cover a book that we've said we were gonna do for a while now but before we get into that man how are things uh things are
0: good restrictions are getting lifted things are improving uh and of course as we record this today uh it's a special day today is the 76th anniversary of d-day and the normandy landing Mm -hmm. so i've been watching some they're doing some commemorative ceremonies and because of COVID are just doing like live streams of them and stuff. So I've been trying to right. catch some of the ceremonies here and there. There's a uh, D-Day live site, but unfortunately like everything's pretty much in French writing wise, but you can still watch the videos. The videos are fine. So I've been kind of checking in on D-Day live on Facebook and uh, watching some of the ceremonies a year ago. I was there. I was there. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
1: It's, <laughs> on the 75th anniversary now it's the 76th anniversary yeah. you know uh, i mean our our uh world war 2 uh d day soldiers they they're not getting any younger put it that way man and and it's it's good to kind of hear their history and hear what their stories and 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 to try to that's why you know, and that's why I like I like to like Band of Brothers and stuff, man. I loved that that series because of how they, um, not only did they tell the story of Easy Company, but they also were getting interviews from those individuals, who, yeah. Many of which are no longer alive. So,
0: yeah, there's not uh, there there's not many, and and that is the best part of is listening to the stories. So, um, yeah, and then last year when we went, like that was a big thing. Like, if you you could catch veterans everywhere, and they would just be more than happy. To share their right. stories, you know, but it's, it's, it's also kind of, um, ironic, Brian, the, the book we're going to talk about today happened or was written and published before
1: D-Day. Yeah. Like years before yeah, D-Day. <laughs> yeah. 80. This book is 83 years old. Wow. 83. <laughs> and it's still, but it's still considered a top seller. Um, like right now on Amazon, I think it's number 11 on yep. Amazon as, their top seller right now, um, thirty million copies worldwide have been sold, and two hundred fifty per year are being sold every year. Now, when this book first came out, Ed, uh, I did a little research on it. when this book first came out. Within the first three months in nineteen thirty-seven, two hundred fifty copies were sold, mm-hmm. and they had gone through seven, or it's either seven or eleven. And then then there's the store 7-Eleven. But <laughs> there's either seven or 11 edition or printings went through, you know? So, like, you have, like, first edition, yeah. seventh printing, that type of thing. Yeah, that's, that's like, they didn't expect the abundant amount of people to buy it. Um, one of the fun facts about it also is uh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is, you know, he's known for the business industry and and making a ton of money off of things. He actually went to the course that was de- this book was developed off of when he was twenty years old, right? And he still keeps he still keeps the certificate, um, h- hanging wow. up in his office.
0: Yeah, another. Fact. You know those those courses are actually uh, you can go on YouTube and some of those courses are actually on there. Some of the material is on YouTube that you can watch. There's some innovative versions of the book on there too. That are yeah. kind of. Kind of funny. I did when I was doing my research. I looked through some of those things. So, um and, and that's what I like about it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's obviously it stood the you know the test time. Now there is some things. There's some references to some gangsters uh, and shootouts and stuff in the book that I was like, <laughs> oh man, this yeah. must be from the 30s, you know. But uh
1: um, yeah, yeah, no, exactly, man. Yeah, and, and then so the other- I guess we should tell everybody what we're talking about, huh? No, why? <laughs> Go ahead. Nah, get them. <laughs> They could guess, guess, right? Yeah, they may know already. All right, so what we're doing is we're going to do a three-part series on a book. And uh, if if you're um, a listener and you've been listening for a while, you know sometimes we do books and we go over some of the topics on the books. We don't get too in-depth in in the book, but we go over the major points and then discuss it. And this three-part series is going to be over Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And Ed, you know, right off the bat, it's funny we did science of likability probably a year ago or so, maybe a little bit Eh, about that ish. And, and with science of likability, I'd read that book before I'd gone through all the fundamentals of, and and the information for how to win friends and influence people. But I'm looking at, and I'm like, man, this is just like science of likability. So I'm, I'm (laughs) kind of wondering if the author of science of likability kind of ripped off this book a little bit. I don't know. I'm not going to say that because I like the information, but I thought it was crazy.
0: Well, there's a reason this book is still you know in print all these years later um and it, I watched oh, yeah. one of the videos I watched it was from two thousand and fourteen, so obviously it's changed but the the host of the video she said that this book at that time was number two on the all time bestseller list. Do you know what book would be number one?
1: Oh, this is number two number one, the Bible.
0: Yes, which is also I've also read very difficult to actually track because it's given so much, but yeah, so in right. two thousand so just six- i mean it's six years but six years ago now I look try to look today and there's a lot of Harry Potters in there in between it and the Bible now, so I guess the Harry Potter series <laughs> and stuff kind of gave the old nudge well, I mean, over the know. years, but <laughs> yeah yeah but it's definitely. interesting like, uh, uh, so
1: it is it is it's what I find interesting about it is how it's still you know people don't realize it's almost like history repeats itself and people don't realize how much all this information plays total effect to today and today's world and today's society and how things are going even in some of the the chaos that's going on right now i think if people would kind of follow these tips that we're going to talk about we might not see the issues we see so much or we wouldn't hear about the stories of toxic leadership that we hear about or you know just all the different things so i just i find it Ironic, how about that?
0: Yeah, no, and that's why I say. So the other thing that I thought was kind of funny is, you know, for us we read a lot of military books, and then these are military principles and stuff. Like uh, one of the future shows, General Patton's uh, principles for leadership. Yes, and we try to take military principles and make them make sense to a civilian sector. And here, I found myself as I read the book doing the opposite, like taking dale carnegie stuff and saying oh i could use this like yeah i could absolutely use this in the military side to have some influence over people so it's kind of weird this book is very unique to us and i think the other thing is i mean part of our show title is right in the title of the book how did we not do this book like episode two i have no idea and we never talked about it until way later yeah uh but it's just weird like oh we want our you know our show is about spreading your influence and enriching how you influence people and, and the people you work with and work around. And we, we didn't go with the uh,
1: this book, but here we are today. <laughs> it was going to happen eventually, my friend. Eventually. Well, I, so Ed, I wanted to, uh, before we get into the topics uh, of today's, this episode, part one, which we're going to go with the fundamental techniques in handling people and then also six ways to make people like you. Uh, but in the book, I have a hard copy right here with me. And in this book, it, it talks about, it's basically a list of nine things in order to get the most out of this book. And these nine things are as such. One, develop a deep driving desire to master the principles of human relations. See, that to me, that's mm-hmm. that's just that idea of, hey, I'm, I know I'm going to make change. Let's make change, right?
0: Yeah, interpersonal
1: tact. That's all it is. Exactly. All right, so number two read each chapter twice before going on to the next one. And you and I have talked about this before. When we read things, uh, I know I'm, I'm, and and you're the same way, sometimes I'll read something and I'll I'll grasp it, but I want to truly comprehend it. So I go back and I reread it to pull out key points that I maybe didn't understand before and to understand.
0: Yeah, now thanks to the miracle that is audible, I tend to read it. And then listen to it and uh, and then compare and kind of like, oh, OK, I got a little more out of it now after reading it and listening to it. But yeah. And is, is if you listen to it, is that reading it still? Mm-hmm. I don't know how this works. Like, I'm not sure about this. <laughs> so really, you are reading it twice. Yeah. But just one of them, you're
1: listening. I don't know. It, so the, the two read thing is confusing me with audible. So, to, yeah. Well, you know, in audible, let me tell you. I think it's an amazing thing. Actually, I was listening to this also on Audible, just like you were, and I'm going to continue listening to it. Um, but what you just said about doing both. So there were two books that I was reading it while I was listening to it, like actually going through it with, so I'm listening to it and I'm looking at the words as the person's reading it to me. And I was highlighting things and I'd stop and pause it. Uh, the two books were Simon Sinek's, Leaders Eat Last. And then there's another one that I've, I've kind of found an interest in. It's called Inside Delta Force. Uh, it was written by one of the uh, the initial members. Probably, Amazing
0: probably. book, brother. <laughs> that is such a good book. I yeah. love that book. And that so that book is also the basis for the television show The Unit yeah. from the uh, early 2000s. So well, he but was, I, yeah. Love that book. <laughs> wow, you really get excited about that. Maybe we should we should talk about that book instead. <laughs> so that was a deployment read, man. That was one of my books, like maybe my second or third deployment that I have read. Yeah. And then I came back and watched The Unit, but it was so well written. And then there's another one that goes to it that's kind of the same uh, lines. It's called Men in Green Faces, and it's about the SEALs, early development of the mm-hmm. SEALs in Vietnam.
1: Yeah amazing book highly recommend if you enjoyed Inside Delta Force I'm 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 loving Inside Delta Force and you know, my favorite part is I like to listen to it also when I'm in my truck so if I'm driving to work because I feel like I'm just kind of like I'm learning about something new but I'm getting a story which you know the initial start of all this and the the author I love the detail the detail of that book it's perfect because it's almost like you can smell the smells. You can feel the, feels, the feelings he's got, all the different things that are going on. So, yeah, great book. But I find myself doing both at the same time, and it's helped me kind of comprehend uh, a little bit better just in case I'm not understanding. You know, um, kind of sounds weird, but we got to continue on here, Ed. All right. <laughs> in order to get most out of this book, number three is, as you read, stop frequently to ask yourself how you can apply each suggestion. That's a key thing in pretty much any how-to books that I get into or anything. I like to say, okay, am I, is this how this, okay, I got this, yeah. Um, Number four, underscore each important idea. So he's saying, hey, man, write in this book, you know, take and underline what you think is important. And and that way you can come back to it if you need to, because you're not going to remember everything that's, you know, it's just like I don't remember every single thing we did and talked about in episode seven. Right. But I can go back. I can look at the show notes that are on the podcast itself. I can go back and listen to it and, you know, I'll find those things. And then the next one, number five, review this book each month. So it's kind of one of those things. Once you've kind of gone through the book, maybe you go back and you thumb through those highlights that you found. Uh, Number six, apply these principles at every opportunity. Use this volume as a working handbook to help you solve your daily problems. Now, that I love. I love the idea. You know, he's basically saying when you feel the opportunity. So when you're noticing certain things, and we'll get into those certain things later on. But when you're noticing these things, think about what was said and to try to apply it. You know, I'm not saying make an experiment out of things. But in a sense, if you don't try it, you'll never know. Uh, So number seven make a lively game out of your learning by offering some friend a dime or a dollar every time he or she catches you <laughs> violating one of these principles. Oh my goodness. That is <laughs> when a dime really went somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a dime or you know? Yeah. 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 It should be like a dollar or five bucks or whatever, you know, now, but yeah, that's actually back then though, a dime went a long ways. Yeah. A long way back then, but,
0: it's just funny and this is what we were talking about we were talking about like you know some of the things in it have not quite stood up to the test of time but (laughs) it's still a great book but it's
1: just that was funny to me yeah number eight check up each week on the progress you are making ask yourself what mistakes you have made what improvement what lessons you have learned for the future ed what does that sound like to you
0: brian that sounds like um
1: an episode that we did, a after action review, my friend. That is exactly what it is, my man. Uh and the last one number 9, keep notes in the back of this book showing how and when you have applied these principles. So basically it's kind of like, hey, keep a diary, kind of let us know, you know, kind of to keep track of what you did. Uh to me that makes sense. Yeah. I thought it was great to kind of give that the idea of like how people should, you know, utilize this book in a sense to you know get the most out of it. Uh but I think we need to jump right into this, Ed. All right. And do you want to start us off with uh, the fundamental techniques in handling people? Yes. Uh, so this one's interesting. Right off
0: the off the bat here, don't criticize, condemn, or complain. Human nature does not like to admit fault. Um, when people are criticized or humiliated, they rarely respond well and will often become defensive and resent their critics. That to handle people well, we must never criticize, condemn, or complain because it will never result in the behavior uh, we desire. So basically what, what it is going to result in is it's going to result in that person going on the defensive, right? And we're not going to get anywhere. Everybody knows this. Once somebody's on the defensive and you've got kind of that that friction in between you, nothing is going to get accomplished. Like at that point, you you really no yeah. You've damaged your productivity in the organization. You've damaged the culture. Uh, The importance of trust is we can't overstate the importance of trust. You've damaged that trust, Brian. And then one of the interesting things I found about this in my research, Brian, you should not do this to yourself. Brian cannot criticize Brian too harshly. He can't condemn, you know, these these things, these negative thoughts. It also affects you, and it will affect your confidence.
1: So, what you're saying is, is, it's the idea of the positivity is what we're looking for. I,
0: I think so, Brian. I really do. So, openly, first of all, you definitely, definitely should not be criticizing. You know your your superiors, whoever you work for. You shouldn't be complaining openly in front of your subordinates. Those things are all right. Nope. Big time. No bueno. Right. But then you, as a person, if you start really overly being like too harsh, you know. Darn it, Brian. You know, you could have done X, Y, and Z, and that problem would have been resolved much faster. But now you're damaging your own confidence with those kind of thought patterns, and that negativity. So you don't want to let that negativity enter into your equation, not just for you, but for your subordinates as well.
1: Oh, I I or completely agree. Your those that work with you. Yeah, definitely. And in when you say that too, so you think about it. We've we've said it before uh, bad news doesn't get better with time. And if you've already been one of those types of people that will criticize, condemn, and complain at somebody when they bring you bad news, do they want to bring you bad news? No. So what do they'll do? They'll act like they didn't know or they'll hide it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, So they'll find ways to get around that because no one wants to be in that negative atmosphere. No one, you know, pride kicks in and people don't want to be, uh, you know, yelled at, screamed at, or treated like garbage. However, on the flip side, I do believe there is a time for discipline. There is a time for corrective training. There is a time to discuss what could have happened. But I think that's the whole point is we don't criticize them. Instead, we question, right? We don't condemn. Instead, we come to a common, uh, I guess you'd say, uh, analysis of the situation. And complaining, Ugh. <laughs> I've heard it before. I've heard it a hundred times. And I'll tell you what Dave Ramsey talks about it in his, many of his stuff. He says, don't complain about something that you cannot fix. Cause that's just, that's just griping and that's gossip and stuff like that. And, and it just creates turmoil. So I do believe that there are times where, you know, if, if, let's say snuffy does something that was completely out of character was wrong. And he shouldn't have done it type thing. Well, First, I want to know why he did it. He's not, not going to tell me why if he feels scared. So it, it's kind of like you got to open up that communication, and I think this is what that does. This is opens up communication, my man.
0: Yeah, I think it, you're right. It opens up communication. It opens up the old trust tree, right? And And really, if somebody does something, you know, maybe not right, maybe not necessarily completely wrong, but you're not really criticizing them if you're on a fact-finding mission to find out why. So when I hear criticize, I kind of hear the, you know, oh, why'd you do this? You know, you did this, this, and this, you're a terrible leader. You can't make a decision like openly just, you know, beating them up instead of going to them, instead of criticizing their lack of ability to make a decision, just say, you know, I noticed that sometimes you tend to hesitate to make a decision. Like, is there something Mm -hmm. I'm doing that makes you feel like you have to hesitate or how can we work around this? I think is a much more positive spin on that rather than just criticizing them. And then we're developing people at that point. Yep,
1: exactly. Well, you know, with the idea of don't criticize, com- uh, condemn, or complain, then there's the flip side of things. How about, why not you give them honest and sincere appreciation? That, to me, is that's the next side of things. It's almost like, hey, why don't you, why don't you replace this behavior for that behavior? Which brings us to number two of fundamental techniques in handling people. Give honest and sincere appreciation. Appreciation is one of the most powerful tools in the world. People will rarely work at their maximum potential under criticism, but honest appreciation brings out their best appreciation though is not simply flattery. It must be sincere, meaningful and with love, right? So for instance, you know, when I say something to you, like I, I sent you a message uh, after an episode we just recently did. And I said, hey, man, that was really a good episode. That's because I actually, after recording, it, I was like, wow, that was really good. I hope Ed knows it was as good as I felt it was. So why not send him a message letting him know? And then you replied back with, yeah, I really liked it also. I mean, to me, mm-hmm. we, we kind of knew on each side, but we didn't know what each other was thinking. So why not share that? Oh yeah, no I I agree I can so I got to like an example. So this week I've
0: been really busy. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh as units are about to come to Europe for their extra their, their training, uh things really ramp up. And we're, we're kind of at that mark, 60 to 90 days. And I am swamped at work. And one of my battle buddies calls me up and they're like, "Hey, do you know this 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 this?" And I said, "Hey, I I I'll get it for you. I just got a few things to do. And they said, you know what? Um, I'm a call and I'll call you back with the answer. And so they did. And then when they called me back, the answer, I said, Hey, look, I I'm really, I really appreciate you taking that off my back and helping me out with that because I did like, they really helped me. And that's one of the things I did is not only did I acknowledge it, I, I acknowledge the specific behavior to, and that reinforces that appreciation. Like, hey, I really appreciate you calling X, Y, and Z and locking in the travel arrangement with them. Um, it was it really helped me by letting me do some other stuff. So yeah, and that's one of the things I think you want to do. Like when you're doing when they say honest and sincere, I think you got to name name the behavior. You know, I learned that in uh, uh what's the, the MRT resilient master resilience training. Don't just acknowledge a good behavior. Same thing here. Don't just acknowledge what they did um and leave it at that. Acknowledge what they did and and reinforce it by providing the example. Don't say, Hey, I really appreciate your help. My help with what? Because if you're like you as a first sergeant, as a first sign, you're doing hundred things a day. So for the sergeant major to say, Hey, first sergeant Weber, I really appreciate you your help with what? Like pick a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And, and I think that yeah, and that builds that winning streak. That builds that, and that gives me that boost. That oh man, he really paid attention. I did X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I yep. think that's crucial when you're talking about giving honest and sincere
1: appreciation. Oh, I I believe so. And and with that, so let's say you and I, let's take it let's take it one more step further. So when I say hey, thanks for helping him out with X, Y, and Z, then you can add a little bit more. It helped with L, M, N, O, P. So it it allowed us to do this, this, and this what that does is not only does it say, Hey, thank you, but also it shows that person where their position or what they did affected the bigger picture. So now they feel like they're a part of something.
0: Yeah. You gave them the why yeah. somebody should write a book about the importance of the why. <laughs> I don't know, but, <laughs> but that's what you did. Exactly. You gave them the why, why was that important that you helped me? Well, you know, we did just this, this and this, um, And then I also, through the research, there's a few good, great ways to give honest and uh, sincere appreciation. And one of them is to catch them in the act of doing it. Oh, yeah. You know, when I was a young private, I remember walking, see a piece of trash, and you pick it up, and the sergeant major's like, come here, private. When you go over there, and, you know, as a private sergeant major in the 90s, you're you're shaking in your boots, like, literally shaking in your boots because he called you. Yeah. And then the sergeant major said, I appreciate you doing the right thing and picking that trash up. That's good. I was like, Oh, okay. But he caught me in the act of doing something and he acknowledged it immediately. You know what I mean? So that's one of those um, things. And then the other thing through the research I saw, and they give an example in this video. I watched. never, ever say, Hey, first arm Weber, you know, I really appreciate your help with, you know, conducting the soldier readiness preparation training. Thank you very much. Uh, can you run a range for me next week? So, never give them the appreciation and then follow it up with another request for work. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, just end it as cause, that. Because it, I'm, yeah, because it makes me, so me as the first star now, I feel like, well, you only acknowledge what I did good to
1: butter me up for this other thing you want me to do. Uh huh. Yep. Tick for tack. Yep. I, exa- I know exactly what you mean. Well, I think that what we just discussed there about that, you know, adding on to it and making it, So they understand their bigger picture. I think that kind of leads us into number three. You want to take us into number three? Yeah. So number three,
0: this is also very important. And this one plays very well into the next segment we're going to do. I think, I think it plays right into number one, actually, Brian. So we should be a good transition here. Arouse in the other person an eager want. To get what we want from another person, we must forget our own perspective and begin to see things from the point of view of others. When we can combine our desires with their wants, they become eager to work with us and we can mutually achieve our objectives. So this to me, you know, you ever had that soldier, Brian, and you want them to go to the promotion board because you think they'll be great for them and they do not want to go. Mm -hmm. Have you had, you've had that, right? Oh yes. Well, that is the opposite of what we want here. We want that soldier to want to go to the board and we want to show them how going to the board Will help us as an organization and help them, yeah. because then that makes them eager to want to do that. You know that promotion board or whatever the thing is in your organization in particular. But you need to figure a way to say, okay, I need X. They want Y. How do we bring X and Y together, and and get full maximum effort and participation to move forward? Mm-hmm. And and that's what this one is.
1: You know, I, I like to associate another book that somebody should probably write something about ownership. You know, I think that would kind of help us out. That would be a good one. (laughs) Yeah. No, but what you said there though, you know, their desires or our desires and then their wants, if they really want something, they're going to go after it. You just have to nest it. And I've, I've heard that, that a lot lately from my commander, He's talking about nesting things. I'm like, to me, that's the idea is you want to nest those two together. So they're actually one thing. They're not two different objectives, right? Because if it's two different objectives, they're going to see it as two two uh, tasks. They're going to obviously go for the one that they want first. But if you can bring them together and say, okay, well, you wanted to go to the board, but we need you to do, you know, you want to get promoted, but we need you to go to the board do you see how going to the board is going to help you get promoted to achieve this and become that and blah, 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 you know, and it just kind of go through it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think for me, Brian, this is
0: one I've, I've talked about on a previous episode, my go home t- list, you know, when I was a young Sergeant, uh, Sergeant, I know nothing is more important to a soldier than their time. Oh yeah. And if I can put on the list, the, here's the things I need to get, we need to get done as a team today And when you get them done, you're going home. So I have told them what my goals are. I know they want to go home early. So it makes them eager to get after the task. I have actually found myself in a situation where you come in at nine and you give them this laundry list and you're like, all right, we we won't get out here any earlier than like 1530. So 330. Right. Yeah. And these soldiers work and work and they rotate through child and at 1300, they're like, all right, we're ready to go. It's like, "Ooh, this might be a little too early. I might get. I may get chewed out by the platoon sergeant for doing this, but it, it was my word. So I got to do it and take that, you know, consequence. But sometimes when you get them too eager, they accomplish things way faster than you
1: anticipated. <laughs> yes. You got to make sure you monitor that, you know? Yeah, definitely. So that what that we just went through there was the three fundamental techniques on handling people. And with what Dale was trying to get at is, is listen, you got to come. At relationships a certain way, you, you you can't criticize, condemn, and complain. You really have to be honest and sincere in your appreciations, and you, you arouse them in a way that they are eager to you know to want whatever it is they want. Okay, and now we're going to get to his six ways to make people like you. And Ed, I tell you right now, when I went through these, this is where I felt like we were back in science of likability because it was very similar. But I I also like the way Dale puts it in the book. Uh, with some of the his examples and thoughts on it. We'll start right off the bat. Well, number one. Okay. Become genuinely interested in other people. You can make more friends in two months than being interested in them, than in two years by making them interested in you. The only way to make quality, lasting friendships is to learn to be genuinely interested in them and their interests. You know, And we've said it before, we said when we used to instruct, the soldiers that we were instructing, they want to talk, they want to tell their story, they want to talk about who they are, even though we know, you know, we're up there instructing. And in many cases, the people that were in front of these soldiers, you know, had anywhere from seven to 10 to 15 to almost 20 years of service, where our experiences with what we did were obviously higher in knowledge wise. But at the same time, those soldiers, they had lives that they lived before the army, and they just want to express their story and their understanding. And that's kind of how we changed the the type of learning and went with Kolb's strategy on it. And we used their experiences and how it made them feel Mm -hmm. to understand what needed to be done. And I think, I really do believe, though, people want to talk about themselves. That's just how it is. The thing is is we have to learn to, as you've said it before, shut the mouth, open the ears, and listen, yep. you know, allow them to talk about themselves as much as possible and learn about them in science of likeability where we're taught, hey, get them talking about the good stuff, and that way every time you see them, you kind of you kind of proposition yourself to kind of make the topic almost like that, then it's going to get them put in a good mood, and they're gonna like being around you at you know it's it's not. The goal shouldn't be to manipulate someone, period. It should actually be to get to know people so you can create lasting uh, bonds and relationships, and it turns into a conducive environment. And that's what I get from that, generally interested in other people. Mm-hmm. I, I love asking people about them. I sat on, you know what's funny, Ed? Just, uh, well, before I went straight into this, uh, this quarantine deal that I had to do, um, which, by the way, I'm not sick. I'm just, I had to make sure I'm, I didn't catch anything. I sat out on the front porch with my next door neighbor because we were allowed to do that. <laughs> I sat out there, and he's a sergeant major. He's a, he's an op star major. And he brought out his Love Me book because he was trying to – he was going to show me some things because I was asking him questions about, you know, star major, academy, things like that just to – because I like to pick people's brains and their experiences. No, not everybody's experience is the same. He brought out this book, man, and his thing, I'm telling you, I have never seen a Love Me book this big. And those of you who don't know what a Love Me book is, it's basically – it's a it's a binder. Normally, you create and you put all your doc your valuable documents. Uh, some people like to put them in safe. Some people just kind of leave them sitting on the chair. I can tell you, I can see mine right now. It's sitting over on the floor. Yeah, um, by the <laughs> mine's closet. right here by my foot. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly right. But we 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 do is we build these books, and it's about our accomplishments and the things we did, and it's what it's kind of like. It's the it, it's a wow factor. I think. And when I sat there and I went through that, when he was showing me things and he was teaching me some stuff, I generally, Ed, this is one of those moments I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about. It. This is one of those moments where I generally felt like it was a mentor mentee situation. I felt like I was not only getting mentored, I was also being coached um, on how to go about certain things. And he was telling me, you know, different things. If I were to be selected to go use asthma and, and, you know, all that stuff like things that you can get involved in to do and all this and I'm like wow this is so amazing and I was learning man and I loved it because he all he was doing was telling me about himself I was generally interested in his story and you know what ed this is what I think about this and 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 it's actually kind of clicking right now is when you're doing that and you are generally interested you could also at the same time in your mind think to yourself I wonder if I can do that. I wonder how I can do that. And then you continue asking them questions about it like I was doing. They continue to talk about themselves, and they enjoy that, and they want to be around you now. But at the same time, you're learning. You know, that's that lifelong learning we talk about all the time, man. I I went a little long-winded on that, man. Talk to me. No,
0: you're good, man. I was sitting here thinking, so in the position I'm in currently where I am the representative for my command with the different host nations that we receive service from, like allied partners. Uh, This is one of the things that I, so I went to a conference and like, it's so cool because, uh, you know, you you meet somebody from Croatia and you meet somebody from Bosnia and you meet somebody from Albania and and you have to interact with them. So it's, oh, you know, hey, how are you? Like, uh, how long have you been in in the military? And you know, different things. And you learn these absolutely cool things about their culture. But then I noticed that the ones that you get to have a discussion with, they come back around on day two of the conference just to say good morning to you. Yeah. The ones who maybe either you didn't get to, or they were kind of like, you know, off and you didn't, you know, y'all didn't get to interact. They don't, they, they don't really like approach you until you've approached them. So it's it's very standoffish, but for those first few days, I can tell you, I met this colonel from uh, Bosnia, and every morning that guy made a uh, he made it a mission to come see me every morning. Hey, good morning. How was your stay? Did you get a coffee? You want to go get a coffee, like those type of things? And it was—it's so cool. I love this job. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love. I love this job dealing with these other countries. No. You know, it's, uh,
1: it's amazing. You've you uh, you've slowly converted yourself, my friend, from being that that introverted only extrovert around people I know to I like to meet new people extrovert type thing. I've I've seen it, man. You've grown over the past few years yeah. that we've known each other, man. <laughs> so that—that's
0: crazy at the ripe old age of. 40 plus <laughs> 40 plus
1: by the way you did just have a birthday
0: i did i did have an amazing i had my favorite type of birthday it's not going to feed into your extrovert thing though <laughs> my wife said well what do you, where do you want to go eat and i said I'm be honest i'd rather you just order some food and i sit on this couch and watch that seventy show <laughs> and that's what i did for my birthday to, <laughs> way to go
1: red foreman tell us the next step yeah
0: Hey, oh man. hey, listen, <laughs> don't feed that fire of me and being red. Foreman. Oh, yeah. Just because nobody's ever been in my house in, in Europe.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So don't feed into this red foreman thing my wife has gone. Now, this next one is counter red foreman. And if you're not a fan of that 70s show uh, or you haven't watched it, you should probably watch it. It's pretty good. There's a little drug use and some questionable comments but for the most part it's pretty good it was a 70 red foreman does not do number he does not do number two
1: no he does smile when we say number two <laughs> we mean as the
0: number two on the list right <laughs> ah, on the list. now i'm doing what number two is which is smile uh, <laughs> happiness does not depend on outside circumstances but rather on inward attitudes smiles are free to give and have an amazing ability to make others feel wonderful Smile in everything that you do. So I can tell you, it's kind of funny, Brian. There's this major, and he used to be in our G three section, and then he moved, and he is the aide for our general, our 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 commander, our um, commanding general. He's the aide, but this is the happiest major I've ever seen in my life. I have never seen this man without a smile. Whether it be in a meeting, he could be getting chewed out in a meeting. He still has some hint of a smile on his face. And you it's its funny because you really feel the positive vibe when he enters a room. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just the power of a smile. I don't tend to smile a lot like that, but um, I should because I have wonderful uh, dimples. I should really smile. But um, I just don't. Whole- <laughs> oh, my goodness. But you know, I mean, uh, hey, a, a a smile does have a influence on the uh the the attitude in a room. Uh,
1: so and he is just yeah yeah he's yeah. electrifying man. And that's and that's the part of it though. It's it's almost like the smile brings this aura around a person, like right, of happiness, and people will they'll gravitate towards that towards angry, right? We said it earlier that people get defensive. When, you know, you're people want to retract from that, but then they see somebody smiles yeah. and says hello to them. they are going to gravitate to that. And I would definitely tell you, Ed, uh, over the years, obviously changes have been made to make, you know, to to become a better person. And one of the things that I have found is I like to greet people. I'm not worried about that whole, you know, people will give you the greeting of the day type stuff. I got it. I know it's a rule we're supposed to do, but you know what? Sometimes I like to greet people first, also, and I want to I want to I want to see their reaction to me when I do that because to me, it's almost you know I know if I had a you know day going well just as well as I do. Hey, in the day, you didn't have a first star and look at you, smile and say, "Hey, how are you doing today? Have a great day!" Right? Th- no, that, that meant I did something wrong. No, that. <laughs> If that came out of their mouth, they must have been high. That's all I know. Okay. They're on drugs, right? But to me, I feel like I'm at that point where I'm allowed to do that because I can make that decision and I have that ability and all that. So I make it a point is when I, you know, say, you know, I'll say hello and I'll smile when I say it, you know, and it kind of brings that. And people don't want to get away from you. And I think that's I really feel like that's where Dale was getting at is the smile attracts people to you and they they're not shunned or they don't you know, I guarantee you, just test it out. Walk into a room of people you don't know with a frown and act grumpy, see what happens. And then walk into another room of people you don't know at some point with a smile and greet people everyone. Hello, hi, hi, you know, and see how people react to you. It's way different, man. So
0: Yeah. Now I I will say, you know I'm I- Let's see. I won't say I won't say her name. There was a NCO at the academy that came right when I was leaving and I was helping and mentoring her because we were the same MOS. I think mm. you'll know who I'm talking about now. I know
1: exactly who talking about. She always had a, a let's Georgia call her
0: style. No, no, wrong one. Let's call her Sergeant Harley. So Sergeant Harley. Yeah, that's the uh, one
1: that's the one I'm talking about. She just got the tattoos on the legs. Yeah when she
0: smiles it was good but when she first got there she always had this face like somebody had just run over her cat out front (laughs) and i got to know her you know when she was my student and i knew that that was just a that's just how she was but she was really nice and 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 fun to talk to yeah and get to know good person though however my uh uh, my counterpart that, that taught with me did he had a few run-ins with her because he judged her based off of that lack of a smile and he he made some comments about a negativity oh. that she had he felt like there was there but it was because she didn't smile that gave that Im, you know that that impression but absolutely not yeah. um uh, and if she listens i'm sure i'll get a I'll get a message about this. But I know yeah, she no. her. I'll
1: tell her to though. I'll be like, "Hey, you may want to check out. What we were talking about you on this one, you'll, and you'll know what we're <laughs> Great. About, yeah. uh, uh, but then, but you know, I think about what you said there too. Though he approached her in a sense of, "Hey, you noticed that this is a negative vibe," instead of trying to use what I would consider a, a reflect a reflective pattern, a reflective pattern of smiling, say hello people tend to want to do it back the same way. And then you create a habit in yep. there, you know? So, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> so, hey,
1: we've only got four more to go before we're done with today. This part, dun, uh, you know, dun, part dun. one of this series. <laughs> um, the very next one, I'm going to tell you, Ed. I'm going to tell you a story. Once I, I'm i going to read what it has to say here, and then I'll tell you a little story that just when I read this, it continuously to click back in my brain about it. But anyways, uh, remember that a person's name is... To that person, the sweetest and most important sound in any language. The average person is more interested in their own name than in all the other names in the world put together. People love their names too, so much that they will often donate large amounts of money just to have a building named after themselves. All we right, can make people <laughs> feel extremely valued and important by remembering their name. Take the time to become good at remembering names. All right, so I actually have three points. First point is: is in the army, the great thing is that their name is literally on their shirt, so that's not a hard part to do. But point number two is about the pronunciation, learn pronunciation. And I say this because I have a young sergeant that works in, he works in uh, my orderly room there for me, or for me, but with me actually, um, and. I was butchering the guy's name left and right. all right? I mean, I just I kept butchering it, and I, I was trying to say it right, but every time I did, I it's almost like I got tongue twied. See, I just said tongue twied. You just yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> but but what I'm getting at? So Matsumoto, right? Matsumoto, and I, I, dude, I, I, he, no, no joke. The other day, Ed, he actually corrected me, and I was happy he did because one, it showed that he didn't have fear to make a correction, but at the same time that we could have an honest, open conversation and dialogue. So he didn't know this, but I went back into my office and I sat there and as I was doing stuff, I was saying his name over and over and over again until I knew I had it right. And then later on that day, I came back out of the office and I said his name to him. He's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know, so I felt better. Um, (laughs) Third point was, this is a problem I have about uh, with making messing up names. Like, it really bothers me to mess up names. And the reason was is when I was a private ed, I had this sergeant. Uh, actually, I think he, was, he became a staff sergeant not long after, but he was just, uh, he was not the, uh, the ideal of what a soldier should be. And it seemed like he kind of got promoted just because he could get promoted. But then they didn't have that role back then. Uh, I didn't respect him, put it that way. So when he continued to uh, use my name incorrectly and he did it on purpose to make me mad, like that stuck with me through years, man. He used to call me Weber. Right. And I hate, like, I even had Joe's later on down the road that said, you know, they, and they didn't mean to at first call me. And I was like, no, no, no. Hey, listen, I totally understand. You probably don't understand how to pronounce it. Let me tell you how to pronounce it, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I there's one uh, red is his name. Uh, and he still likes to mess with me a little bit he's like yeah he'll tell he'll tell a soldier he would tell soldiers hey just call him Weber. he loves it you know um, but <laughs> but that's one of those things man that i can't stand and i feel what dale is getting to here
0: do you i i do and so this is one thing first of all to me um i actually used to teach my children all the time that was one of the ways i taught them to not worry about what other people's impression of them you know The whole, well, I'm not popular and all that nonsense is I would tell them, well, is their last name Haley? Okay, then why are you worried about it? They're they're not, you know, they're not paying your bills. They're not providing you a job, a place to live, any of this other stuff. So, you know, focus on what's really important. And the thing with the military is we wear our last name on our uniforms. And to me, like Edward, eh. It's, it's got some significance because it was my father's name, my grandfather's name, but not like Haley. Does that make sense? Yeah. So Haley is the name that I, I would I would absolutely die if I shamed the name Haley, because that's what I think about it. You know, that's what it means to me. So when you're saying somebody's name um, <clears throat> and you actually corrected me, I called you Weber one of the first times I met you, too. That's a fact. (laughs) That is a fact. Yeah. yeah. So, and I usually just go to a, so I got a young lady master and I work with now, and she is from, um, originally from Thailand and she has a name with a lot of letters that just don't make sense in my mind. And I just, a master and B, I don't, I don't even try. I don't even try. Uh, and one of the captains I'm kind of close with now. So his name is German. And I didn't know at the time that in Germany, you don't pronounce the W pronounce it as a V. Mm. so i was mispronouncing his name for months and he just didn't say anything about it he was just too happy-go-lucky about it and then i figured it out i had to figure it out on my own because you're in a meeting and you introduce him and it's like oh that's not his name but, um, you know you know and, and during my research bro, i found a couple oh go ahead
1: no what i was going to get to you know that you actually care about doing somebody's name right right if you're let's just say you're writing them an email right and you don't know the correct yep. spelling so you figure out a way to look up their name, and and obviously you can just put their their whatever email on this, but you look up their name to ensure I did not spell it incorrectly. And to me, that's that yes. set attention to detail. And there's times that I've done that, you know. And uh, I used to have a guy uh, last name Height, right? But it's not spelt like Height. There's no E in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so and when I first got to that organization uh, that was in Korea, uh, I would. I'm like, wait, is it the, is there an E in his name or an I at the, at the beginning? Well, down the road, obviously, I learned it, but there's just those things that we, as leaders or influencers, we should actually take note on. Am I spelling this correctly? Let me make sure. You know, so you were gonna yeah, say so, though,
0: no. So, you know, I talked about the job I do, and so I'm meeting with people: the Dutch, German, mm-hmm. French, Greek, and and so when I was doing the research for the show, one of the things that really was, if you can. Uh, if you can guide the conversation or the introduction to let them introduce themselves first, you have to just be ready to look and listen to ah. really hear how they're pronouncing their name so that you can try to just mimic how they pronounced it. And yeah. Are you going to be a hundred percent accurate? Maybe not, but you might be close. You know, some of these countries I've been lucky and and I've had very easy names to pronounce, but some, the French. The French are difficult because they have these accents. And um, so in the research, that was a tip. Another tip was, um, and, and I, so I did this as a kid, but we used it as a way to make fun of people. You know, when you and your friends are together, you make fun of each other's names, right? Yeah. So associate their name with something. So let's say, for instance, you're at a business meeting and, you're, and somebody says, hey, I want to introduce you to, you know, Bruce Smugatelli. You can associate that with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And now when you see them, you know, you're like Bruce Wayne. Yes. And then just don't call him Bruce Wayne or just stick with Bruce. But that's another technique for remembering names. Uh, You did one with your soldier. Repeat the name several times. Yeah. uh, Usually in a conversation, not necessarily a conversation with yourself like you did. (laughs) (laughs) And then form your impression. Form your impression. You know, I don't want to really stroke your ego, Brian, but, you know, so, hey, this is Brian Weber. That that part, that part is sharp, ah. you know, and now, I, and now I see the part and I associate that with Brian. Yeah, because that, that those go together and hopefully it's you and not, you know, uh, Torres or somebody else. <laughs>
1: But, <laughs> he had a part part. But two, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So these are ways. These are some techniques that was in the videos that you know little quick hit videos I told you I saw online. Yeah. Uh, during the research, that ways to remember a name, and we did. We always did the, you know. The, so as a as a youngster, I was referred to as my family name was Jamie. So you probably saw this on Facebook for my birthday. Yeah. So they would. Yeah, yeah. So f- people would tease me because I went by Jamie. They didn't use it to remember my name. They used it to call me Jamie Summers. Do you remember who Jamie Summers is? Yeah. (laughs) The $6 million woman or the bionic woman, I mean. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the reason I got rid of that name. And uh, only my family calls it to me and only the ones I'm afraid of because the rest of them have stopped. The ones I'm afraid of, they're like, I'm calling you that. And I'm like, okay, you can. (laughs) Like, I'm 48 (laughs) years old. I'm afraid of some of my aunts still.
1: (laughs) But yeah, so. uh, that's, that's awesome. You know, as you earlier, you brought up Torres, <laughs> you know, he's a, he's an av- he's a, a weekly listener, man. So shout out to Torres. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Hey, right. That was,
0: that, he was a, he was a good dude. He was, I was the, one of the first people he met at the Academy.
1: Yeah. 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 And I, and, you know, and I think about, so I want to go back to uh, remember names and then pronunciations. So Torres <laughs> has a bit of an accent, a little bit of an accent. His isn't really that bad, but At the same time, there are some people who have an accent, like you said, like when you talk to the French, Mm -hmm. does it help? Let me ask you this. Does it really help you to read their name and hear them say it? And then, I mean, how do you, because you obviously got to almost, you kind of like, you got to block out that accent too, right?
0: yeah yeah you do and so what i what i tend to do if it's a like um because a lot of these countries they'll do like a little social before they have a meeting right and uh when they introduce themselves i will i will honestly say can i just make sure i'm pronouncing your name right i don't want to mispronounce your name or that uh sometimes i'm just i just humble myself enough to say hey i want to make sure i get this right and a lot of times that's when they'll tell you their first name so they'll get more you know
1: yeah oh that, and that's cool
0: yeah yeah so if they're captain. If they're captain, whatever, you know, Pierre, not that that's a hard name, they will, they, you know, hey, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing this right. They may say, oh, just call me Michelle. And I'm like, okay, nice. good enough. <laughs> like, nice. So, yeah. Nice.
1: So it's. So that leads me into that next one. You're going to go over it then? Oh, oh, very slick. Yeah, yeah. Uh One of
0: the techniques that we talked about for remembering a name was look and listen. Be prepared to hear the person's name. And number four is be a good listener. And listen, instinctive influencers, we have done episodes on communication. We have talked about it many, many times. But I do feel that uh, before I read the little blurb, this is one of those things, Brian, that your whole life, you could be a lifelong learner right here in how to be a better listener, a more effective listener. There's little things you could pick up on and, and learn yes. to do better. Um, So we got encourage others to talk about themselves. The easiest way to become a good conversationalist is to become a good listener. To be a good listener, we must actually care about what people have to say. Many times people don't want an entertaining conversation partner. They just want someone who will listen to them. Yep. And uh, I I agree. This is a good one. Now we've talked about, you know, so one thing here, we must actually care about what people have to say. That means put your cell phone in your pocket. Don't fiddle with your Apple watch. Listen to what they're saying. And I, I, so again, with this job that I do, sometimes I'm so fascinated. I'll get lost in their words and be like, Oh yeah. We got to go to a meeting. That's right. I just, I'm sorry. Um,
1: because you were enjoying, you were enjoying the conversation.
0: Yeah. You're enjoying the back and forth and, and it's mm-hmm. just funny. Um, you know how that works. And even when I, you know, I'm not the most sociable person. It's always been a desire of my wife for me to get better. Um, and I try here and there, but yeah, you got to listen because guess what? When I can bring up something out of that conversation tomorrow at coffee, now i have created a little bit of a bond with that person yep you know what i mean like trust yeah so we talked about before talking to somebody and then they say oh yeah this weekend you know we're gonna go out to the lake and we're gonna go you know cat we're gonna go after some catfish and then on monday i say hey how how was the lake it was pretty good weather right did you catch many catfish out there oh man uh i can't even tell you how important that is to developing a relationship, mm. Brian. Like the, 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 just that factor that, oh my gosh, he really cared about me, you know, um, you know, going and catching catfish. And this is something that, that prep the commercial. This is something that the bearded ninja,
1: are you the type of man that puts people in headlocks to get them to like <laughs> you? Or possibly you force them to do push ups until they can do no more. And then you say, get up, you could be my friend. Well, that's the type of thing that the Bearded Ninja might do, but the only way you can emulate the lifestyle the Bearded Ninja holds is with the Bearded Ninja Beard bomb, made of snake venom and pomade. Put it right in that beard, nice and luscious. It's just the way to go about (laughs) life. End of commercial, by the way. Um, I did ask him when he was going to start selling this, and he said, funny. (laughs) That all <laughs> that's said. all he said <laughs> um but
0: this is one of those things so when i worked for him i went on leave you know uh or a pass or something but i went down to florida and he's like oh you know how was uh how was the boat did you have a good time you you, you know i was going deep sea fish or whatever he asks you those follow-on questions when you come back about what you did um whether he did it intentionally or it was just who he is as a person really that that's insignificant to me it's the fact that he asked about your tr- my trip you know yep. and he asked specific questions not just hey how was florida like that's very generic hey how was this 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 and uh and and, and that just builds a uh you know a relationship and then that, that lets him exercise some influence
1: over me because i know that he cares yeah. hey, Ed, So I would definitely say there. So there's another edition of this book. Uh, you've probably seen it before, but it's how to how to win friends and influence people in a digital age. All right. And it goes into like the, the digital side Ooh. of things. So and, and here's where I would kind of I would spin that a little bit for our modern times. For instance, so let's say you went to Florida and you took pictures and then you put them on Facebook, Instagram or anything like that. What that does is that creates, to me, a conversation starter. Too, to bring up that joyful time. Because if I see a, a delightful picture of you enjoying yourself uh, swimming with dolphins, then I'll be like, hey, man, so what did you think about swimming with the dolphins? Right? You did, when, like, I approach you saying that. You're going to be like, whoa, how did you, you know? And I'm not saying, like, okay, hold on, let me back up. Don't Facebook stalk people, okay? That's that's just creepy. Yeah. You know,
0: at least we should be friends on Facebook if you're going to ask me those questions. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly.
1: Right. So yeah, it, should in, <laughs> it should pop up in wait a minute. It should pop up in my feed or something, and then I can talk about it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I, I I'm oh, very good. well. So and I find it to me that would help. That helps us in this digital age. Um, you know, and I've I I had people do it to me ask me about my hike because uh, we took pictures. Uh, up in the uh, North Cheyenne Mountain uh, mm-hmm. State Park, and I was and funny thing was is I said, oh, it was great except for I got this sixty dollar ticket because I parked where I wasn't supposed to, and you know, um, oh, wow. yeah, that's not that part. <laughs> but but what I'm getting at though is, is like there's more than one way to you know the, to to peel this onion, right? We're going to get to all the layers, but you can take different approaches with different types of people, and that's why I've never. I've never felt like it was the right thing to shun like social media in general and why I'm part of all platforms. And it doesn't scare me to hit the send button on a friend request with a soldier that is a junior enlisted within my organization. I'm totally fine with that. That doesn't bother me. Actually, if anything, that makes me happy when they accept it because they feel like whatever they put on there is going to be okay for me to see. And if I see something that shouldn't be, I may bring that up to them also, but I yeah. love that. I think that's just another form of the good listener piece, though.
0: Yeah, no, that's... Uh, I think it is. It, you're right. The digital age, I did not know there was an edition of the book out there, though, so now I'm going to have to look for that. Oh, man. Yeah, Chris <laughs> library.
1: Uh, Chris, uh, Chris Dyer, he, he told me about that. He was like, hey, uh, you ever looked at this one? He actually sent it to me. It was years ago, man, and that's when I was like, oh, let me check this out. And I have... I think I have it on my computer here. Like I have a, a PDF of it, but I, I just never went and got into it. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, that'd be interesting. All right. Well, let us move on to the fifth of the of five of the six steps, uh, ways to make people like you. Number five is talk in terms of the other person's interest. This Once again, it's, this is that whole Dr. Phil. It's not about you, you know type situation <laughs> uh, so the royal road to a person's heart is to talk about the things he or she treasures most. If we talk mm. to people about what they are interested in, they will feel valued and value us in return. This goes back to science selectability. Excellent. If you talk about something good. Maybe I'll bring it up later on. You know, um, if I, you know, you, you love your dog. You love, uh, you're, you're a big fan of Patton. You and your wife love Legos. We, I would say every time we've ever talked, Ed, somewhere that has come up in our conversation, whether you brought it up or I brought it up, right? Yeah. I know that. That, that. That's, to me, that's, you know, obviously you feel comfortable to bring up situations, uncomfortable situations. Do you remember there was a time back when? When you you brought up an uncomfortable situation with family, and I said, hey, just talk to the person. And you did. Obviously, things didn't get completely worked out, but at least you probably felt better after it.
0: Yeah, I do remember that. That was because you were in the trust tree.
1: Am am I no longer in the trust? Am I I outside the trust tree? Yeah, I did
0: say were. Anyway. no (laughs) (laughs) it's horrible,
1: man. No. Uh, <laughs> so talk in terms yeah. of person's interest what what are your take what's your take on that my man
0: so again just like many 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 things we've discussed on this show talk, some, talk in terms of the person's interest how do i know the person's interest well i was a good listener and yep. i became generally interested in that person and then how can i use this i hate the word saying use but how can um talking in terms of other person's interest benefit me as an influencer well it allows me to arouse in that person an eager one
1: yep right build a so relationship.
0: I, all, all these things are just tying right in together because when i understand that you know i understand that my soldier is very um attached to his religion and i make sure i afford them that opportunity to to attend church that's a win streak right i know we're swamped hey I'll cover down on, on your amount of work I'm gonna make sure you get to church whatever it is and that church just popped in my head because I think of one of my soldiers that um actually just raised a bunch of money for veteran suicide out of Hawaii mm-hmm. but yeah he uh so yeah if you could if I knew, understand what you're interested in that's how we can bring things together and build that that relationship that's going to enable me to exert my influence um and then the other thing is when you understand their interests, you can tell the, them what's in it for them. Yeah. When, when we're doing something, when we're providing a task, right. And I'm going to give them the why, but the why is great, but you know, what's in it for me. And, and that's where this comes. I, at least for me, Brian, that's where I think this really comes in because the payoff is here is where the value is to
1: you. I think. Absolutely, man. And like you said, though, Cause you, you hit back on like being a good listener, be generally, these, these six areas, it's not that they're individual. They're actually, it's points of a whole, right? The whole is to, is to make, is to create relationships. Now he says, make people like you. I don't even like to think of that. Like, I'm going to make you like me instead. It's, I'm going to build a relationship with you, Right. And we're going to we're possibly going to become friends or we're going to be able to we're going to be uh, positive associates in a sense. You know, no, this is this is a way to drive that negativity out of relationship. Yeah. But yeah, you just mentioned And we, and we talked about terms of uh, the other person's interest. How do we do that? Number six. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, it's a
0: journey. Is this me? Yeah. It is me. <laughs> this episode is flowing together so well that I just lost. I was like, hey, is it Brian? Is it me? Who started that one? I don't know. You, me, me, you, you, me, me, <laughs> me. Make the other person feel important and do it sincerely. The golden rule is to treat other people how we would like to be treated. We love to feel important and so does everyone else. People will talk to us for hours if we allow them to talk about themselves. If we can make people feel important in a sincere and appreciative way, then we will win all the friends we could ever dream of. All right. Well, one of the things that uh, I found. So when we do this, right, we make somebody feel important. We make them feel like they're a valued member of the team. This equals more engaged employees. And there are studies out there where more engaged employees are 43% more productive employees. So the more we can make them be engaged by making them feel like they're what they're doing is important, the more productivity they're going to produce. And I think that that, my friend, for a organization is crucial, like 43 percent more productivity. That is amazing. And how by doing something so simple as treating somebody like you want to be treated by by listening to them when they talk, and we talked about not complaining, but. If you have somebody and they just need to vent something, maybe there is something frustrating somebody. You know, we, we talked about some of these things haven't really stood up to the test of time. Um, I understand getting frustrated. So if you're depending on another leg of the organization, another part of the organization, and maybe they're dragging their feet and now it's causing you to miss your timelines, that then you're gonna be frustrated. But if I let you listen and vent that, I make you feel like I genuinely care and that you're important then that is going to eventually transition into some more productivity, some better productivity from you as the worker. So I think that that's very important, Brian. Yeah. And, and I mean, who, who doesn't want to feel important? Everybody wants to feel, we want to feel like we're needed in an organization. I know for me, if I go to work in a job and I go home and I feel like I stole money from the government because I was not of value uh, you know what I mean? I wasn't yeah. engaged enough. Like I literally can come home and say, man, I did not do anything that helped my organization. I feel terrible. And that's not, that's not how you build a great influence. No, not at all.
1: You know, I, I, I look at this, Ed, and I think of, uh, there's a, there's a saying, uh, don't burn bridges. I like to add <laughs> to that though. Don't burn bridges. Instead, open up more lanes of traffic. Right. And to me, When we do this, we're opening up more lanes of traffic. Uh, We're creating these networks of people because just here's an idea. If Snuffy becomes aware that I may be a good person and that they generally like me and and they want to associate with me, then it doesn't bother Snuffy to introduce me to uh, Joe Bob over here. Right, and and then Joe Bob will get to learn about me, and then he's he wants to introduce me to this. So you actually can you think about it, you can create networks in the same f- phrase uh, of of thinking, but that's that's the whole thing is is we went through these these six steps, and they are a lump sum. And I love that idea of people wanting to make other people feel important. Uh, I just read yeah, I yeah. I just read something the other day. I think it was um it was yesterday actually. Um, I was doing some research. And I just read it was a it was a um, quote, and I want to say it was either by was it Gandhi? No, it wasn't Gandhi. It was something. I'm, I'm gonna look it up. But the quote was, "If you want to feel important, lift somebody else up." And I'm like, "Oh, that makes total sense." You know, put others before yourself. So, uh, but other than that, Ed, hey, way to go for part one of this detailed. Uh, I guess you could summary of what Dale Carnegie yeah. wrote in "How to Win in-depth Friends summary. and Influence People." Uh, that's what I would call it, an in depth summary, in a sense. Uh, but we still have we're still gonna have two more two more episodes to complete the book uh, and the overall summary of it. And so this was part one, but part two is gonna deal with the twelve ways to win people to your way of thinking, and then part three is gonna be uh, be a leader, how to change people without giving. Offense or arousing resentment, which that's that one is interesting. I, I've already, you know, obviously went through a lot of this stuff. Uh, but with that, man, what are your thoughts, man?
0: Yeah, no, I, I like the way we broke it down, Brian. I think it's pretty cool the way we broke it down. It's, I was just sitting here thinking, and this is not like a big book, you know what I mean? This is not like this big, epic, kind of like the Tools of Titan books by Tim ferris or the Tribe of Mentors. It's not a book that thick. But it's just a lot of information, and again, if you read it, you will really appreciate how some of these things are, like, standing up. Now, again, the examples that Dale Carnegie provides, they're a little dated, but they're still valid. So just, uh, you know, I I, I enjoy this book. I'm glad you came up with this idea this week uh, as, as a way to do this.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, so you said it's not a big book. Uh, I actually just looked at it because I, I, I have a hard copy right here in front of me. Um, and with the index, so we're talking about all the pages before the index and like one little thing about Dale Gan- Gar- Carnegie training, 292 pages. 292 yeah. Like it's, pages. yeah, it's just, that's you, crazy. sometimes you gotta, you gotta be able to sit down and take the time to do what it is you need to read or listen to it. Listen to it just as well. Yeah. So uh, I know what yeah. audio so. Page, so- they have a great voice.
0: 500, 500 pages of information squeezed into two hundred
1: ninety-two. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a sense, but and you know what I find funny, Ed. Before we kind of what we kind of fade out of of this episode is this we just said was done eighty three years ago. It still yes. applies today. These are the things we can do to kind of help make society better. And to me, it's like. There's a reason why it continues to be the top seller because people are wanting to learn how to become better, right? Uh, if it's if it was if it sold that many copies of two hundred fifty two hundred fifty thousand copies in the first three months in nineteen thirty seven, and it still does that every uh, at least every year now, I mean, come on, yep. you can't tell me it's not a good it's a good source manual. And that's why he the way he framed it when I read that like how to digest this book is use it as a source manual you you learn from it and then go back to it every once in a while to refresh so um other than that ed get anything for the listeners uh i do brian
0: so in between this episode and the next i would encourage the listeners to check us out on facebook and instagram and twitter at 101 influence they could also check us out on our individual twitters let's get this thing you know I checked on my Twitter a few times this week, and I just didn't have enough messages for Instinctive Ed. So, I encourage you to get out there, tweet us, and uh, tweet Brian, tweet myself, and then check out the face their um, the Facebook page. It is a group page, but you just answer one little question or series of questions, and submit that. We'll get you approved and into the group, and then uh, check us out on our website, instinctiveinfluencers.com. And uh yeah, so that's a good way for you to link in with us over the next week in between this episode and the next one.
1: Exactly. And I would just I would definitely tell people, hey, listen, if you wanna, you know, here matter of fact, I'll just give you a little task. If if you want to continue on, um and hear what our thoughts on this book, but you'd also like to learn a little something about the source material, buy it on Kindle, uh, get the audio book for uh, through Audible. Um And to tell you the truth, I think I have it on Audible. Uh, If you've never been gifted a book before on Audible, I don't know if you know this out there. If you've never been gifted a book, you can you can receive one free book from another person. So if you want this book for free, or, or you know, or one of the ones we've talked about that we have, let let me know and I'll shoot. I'll gift it to you. I don't mind. I've I've you know how many you know how many times I've gifted. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that newest book of Jocko's to people just because I'm like, Hey, listen to this Listen, This is great. It stuff. is a good book. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Hey, reach out and I'll, I'll, I'll gift it over to you. If you, if you really want it, just let me know. And, uh, but other than that, Ed, thanks uh, for getting on today. Uh, it's not as long as yeah. like our past few episodes, but that's the whole point. We want to keep all three of these episodes short just in case somebody wants to listen to them back to back to back. Because if you think about it, that'll be over three hours. <laughs> yeah yeah that's a
0: i mean hey I mean. if you got you never know you might have something crazy going on you know like for me lately yeah man i go on these uh these longer bike rides and i throw on a podcast and i'm like all right let's roll and uh and it's just a good way to like kill the time and so that's not bad
1: yeah exactly oh i was no, no joke man i was listening to uh one of our most recent episodes that came out just the other day i was i was going through NCORs. i just had it on in the background because i wanted to I just want to listen to some of the stuff we were talking about. But, uh, hey, anyways, other than that, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I am Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. That was part one of Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Be sure to come back for part two and part three. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.